Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. Good morning, and we're so glad you're here, and folks are starting to trickle in to join us this morning. It's one of my favorite parts of the morning. Got my cup of coffee, get to say hello to everyone. Good morning, good morning, Robin. As you're coming in, say hello in the chat. Um, we'd love to hear from you and uh, get to say good morning together. Good morning, Andara. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Brian and uh, Leanne. It's, uh, like I said, I've got, I, I love, fall is my favorite season. So to get a little bit of the cooler weather starting, although I think we had that, um, that situation where it felt like things were getting cooler and then it got really hot again for a few days. And now it's, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to some of those cooler mornings again. Uh, Robin, that's a great point. Yes, let's, let's, uh, the humidity part can't be, uh, <laughs> can't be forgotten, especially with, um, the decision to open their windows and let that fresh air in, right? Got to, uh, count that. And good morning, Lynn. Hope everyone's doing well. We'll take a few minutes, we'll get settled. Um, we'll see, uh, get to say hello to each other. And um, if you are saying hi, go ahead and select everyone uh, on the chat settings so that um, we can all see, uh, see the message. Good morning, Vincent. Hope you're doing well. everyone has their uh, warm or cold beverage of uh, choice this morning. I've got my coffee. Good morning, Christine. Hope you're doing well. Good morning, Ed. It's, uh, I was saying earlier, just one of my favorite parts of the morning is to say hello and have a chance to chat for a moment before we get started and get settled in for the morning together. And uh, also fun to see the participants list getting longer and, and uh, as we get to enjoy some of this time together. We'll give it a few more minutes as we get settled and um, hope everyone gets comfortable and enjoy some of our time together today. I know I'm getting settled myself, got my cup of coffee, and uh, looking forward to saying hi to everyone. If you are uh, joining us just now, love you to say hello in the chat, especially if you're visiting from another ethical society or another Unitarian Universalist congregation. Give a shout out where you're coming from. Good morning, Pat and everyone, and we, uh, it's great to have you with us here as we get settled in. 
I was talking a little bit about how uh, fall is my favorite season. And I was actually talking with uh, my wife today about um, when, when is it okay to start putting uh, Halloween decorations up? Because, um, oh, good morning from Delaware. Good morning, Margaret. And uh, hope it's a uh, nice weather there as well this morning. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to convince, you know, last year, pandemic, everything going on, put some decorations out pretty early. And uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. Good morning, Jenna. Good morning. Oh, it's too early. I don't know. I mean, October one is, well, okay. All right. So maybe, maybe two weekends. I was going for, <laughs> I was going for decorative gourd season. That's right. I'll leave the rest of that sentence out for this morning. <laughs> you see people may say this is this is it's like the it's like the holiday lights that were left out for the year you know it's uh that's right and uh thank you i need i need support on this good morning perry perry we're in the middle of a debate as to how early can i get uh get halloween decorations going this fall okay if stores can get away that's right if if <laughs> If they can change around the uh, the order for uh, getting all that candy out there and the decorations going for it. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, Adam. All right, I guess we should get uh, a couple more minutes. Let's say two more minutes and we'll get started. Looks like we got some more folks joining us, but um, I uh, I love the fall, so I'm just waiting for the. If I get some cool weathers together, that's right. That's right, Perry. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere, right? <laughs> well, I guess we should get started. Um, and uh, I'll just uh, have to update folks in the next weekend or two when I get uh, when I get these decorations out here. So um, all right, good morning. Let's see here. Welcome. Please say hello in the chat. And um, if you're visiting from somewhere else, if you want to share what state you're visiting from, or if you're popping in from another ethical society or Unitarian Universalist congregation, we'd love to have a shout out in the chat. Um, if you want to share your messages with everyone, make sure you select everyone on the chat, and that way we can all see that message. Um, this is a great time to get a candle to light during our candle lighting, then settle into a comfy seat with your beverage of choice as we continue, continue to gather. All right, these opening words uh, this morning are from uh, Theresa, excuse me, Theresa I. Soto. In this community, we hold hope close. We don't always know what comes next, but that cannot dissuade us. We don't always know just what to do, but that will not mean that we are lost in the wilderness. We rely on the certainty beneath, the foundation of our values and ethics. We are the people who return to love like a North Star and to the truth that we are greater together than we are alone. Our hope does not live in some glimmer of an indistinct future. Rather, we know the way 
to the world of which we dream. And by covenant and the movement forward of one right action and the next, we know that one day we will arrive at home. We begin today's platform with music from interim music coordinator, Leah Morris, with guests Brian Sims and Rachel, Rachel Taylor. At the start of any given day, there is mystery available. There is a game waiting for an open heart to say yes, here I am, I'll play. And if we're smart, we'll listen to the way and all the misery that held us down We'll let it fade Let it be outshined by a simple spark Of a life That's waiting to be made That's waiting to be made will you make of this day? What will you keep? What will you change? What will you see? What will you believe? What will you make of your dreams? Will you keep sleeping or will you awaken and decide what you start of any given day there is history and poetry there is a play but you're not in the audience you are the star so get out there and say what What will you make of this day? What will you keep? What will you change? What will you see? What will you believe? What will you make of your dreams? Will you keep sleeping? Or will you awaken and decide? Just what you will make of this day? What will you keep? What will you change? What will you see? What will you believe? What will you make of your dreams? Will you keep sleeping? Or will you awake and decide what you Always so beautiful, Leah and everyone else she was working with. Good morning again, and welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. I am Brian Pashigian, and my pronouns are he, him, and I am the officiant this morning. 
Visitors from near and far, we especially welcome you. We hope that you'll say hello in the chat and that you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, at maceot at ethicalsociety.org. You can also fill out a connection form. Someone will put that uh, chat, no, excuse me, that link in the chat, and we hope you join us after platform service at the virtual coffee hour for a chance to say hello. Our chat will stay open through much of the platform service, closing for the address itself and then reopening. If you don't wanna see the chat, this is a good time to minimize it. Closed captioning is also available. And you can turn that on or off as you prefer. Each week, we read our statement of purpose as a reminder of our shared values. If you're interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc slash read SOP. Our reader this morning is Adam Briskin Limehouse, a member of the Lay Leadership Development Committee. I'll turn it over to Adam for a brief, brief announcement and the statement of purpose. Thanks, Brian. Good morning, everybody. I just wanted to remind folks that we are currently looking for self-nominations to the upcoming LLDC election taking place during the fall membership meeting. We've had one person already self-nominate and we are reaching out for, to others to ask if they would nominate themselves. And we are hoping that we can have a healthy election come the fall election. So please go ahead and send us, send that, send us that information. I will put the uh, link or email in the chat and we look forward to your nominations. So the statement of purpose now. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith and human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice across all borders. If you have a candle at home, well, first, thank you, Adam, appreciate that. If you have a candle at home, I invite you to light it now as I share our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Leah. Good morning. My name is Lynn Cox. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm the interim leader here at the Washington Ethical Society. This is a Taoist story. It's also told in Zen Buddhist circles, and I don't know if the story happened exactly this way, but I believe it's true. There was once an old farmer who had worked the land for many years. And one day the farmer's horse ran away. And upon hearing the news, the neighbors came to visit with sympathy and advice. Such bad luck, the neighbors said. You must be so heartbroken over the loss of your horse. Maybe, the farmer replied. Well, the next morning the horse returned, bringing with it three other wild horses. How wonderful, the neighbors exclaimed. Maybe, replied the farmer. 
And the following day, the farmer's young adult child tried to ride one of the untamed horses, was thrown and broke a leg. The neighbors again came to offer their sympathy for the farmer's misfortune. Oh, such bad luck, they said. You must be so sad for your child and worried about getting farm work done without their help. Maybe, answered the farmer. And the day after that, military officials came to the village to draft young people into the army. Seeing that the young person's leg was broken, they passed them by. Well, the neighbors congratulated the farmer on how well things turned out. Maybe, said the farmer. So ends the story. We don't always know how things are going to turn out or what today's events might mean in the larger picture of things. We can get worked up over things we can't control or we can stay in the moment to participate in the life we are having right now. And this philosophy has been around for a long time. Taoism, the tradition that this story, story comes from is a very old tradition. And yet right now, we're, when we're trying to figure out a new normal and the information we depend on to make plans keeps changing, it helps to be reminded again, to be kind and gentle to each other, to stick together in this moment, rather than flying with our worries to a future we can't really know or to a past we can't change. So we're going to try to check in with each other. We're gonna to try to let go of perfectionism and we're gonna to try to be flexible, even as we make some tentative plans. What this means for kids and teens and parents is that we hope everyone stays in touch and is ready to respond to changes as we set goals for meeting in person for ethical education. We're planning ahead for outdoor classes for preschoolers through elementary students who are too young to be vaccinated. Youth who are 12 and up, please do get your vaccines so that we can plan indoor classes and youth group for middle and high school. And we really, really need families to fill out the registration form if you think you might have the slightest chance of participating in classes this year. Here is what we hope might happen and what we're currently planning to have happen. Our pre-K through second grade group will begin October 17th and will meet every other week during platform. High school youth group begins October 17th and will meet once a month during platform. Our third grade through fifth grade class will begin on October 24th and will meet every other week during platform. Middle school will have a meetup after platform on October 3rd and will begin meeting once a month during platform on November 7th. So families can email my colleague Indara Miles, who is our SEEK coordinator, to get a link to the registration form or to sign up for the SEEK weekly news or to get more information about any of that. And I hope someone puts uh, Indara's email, maybe Indara will put Indara's email in the chat. I'm really excited. And I hope to see some of our Sikh families and children and youth in person next month. So as we move into the centering time of our platform, let's reflect on finding the breath within us and the ground underneath us and embracing the possibilities of maybe.
each week, we ring this chime with solidarity with people around the world. Today, I'm particularly mindful of the need for safety for those migrating around the world, and especially right now at the border in Texas. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love. Thank you, Brian. Words for meditation this morning are by Jess Reynolds from their book, Love Like Thunder. Jess writes, on my worst days, it is gravity that I'm most grateful for. The way the earth pulls at me from her core, yearns for me, keeps me pressed tightly against her surface. When my own core is hollowed out and when I have no more masts than a dead leaf on a branch, still there is enough for the earth to find me. She reaches for what little I have and says, stay. Every meditation I have ever done begins by asking me to ground myself. This is not so much an action as an inaction, a voluntary abandonment of my own edges and tidy packaging. So sit with me now. Press the soles of your feet back into the ground you sprang from. Feel the weight of your body and know that it is glorious. You are born of soil and sun, and all the heaviness of the earth is a call to you. The earth is reaching for you. Reach back. Reach back. We continue our meditation in silence and in the music that follows. No one gets to heaven alone, to heaven alone, to heaven alone. No one gets to heaven alone. We get there side by side, side by side, side by side, side by side. We get there side by side. No one heals the world on their own, the 
world on their own, the world on their own. No one heals the world on their own. We're healing side by side, side by side, side by side, side by side. We're healing side by side. No one does the work on their own, the work on their own, the work on their own. No one does the work on their own. We're working side by side, side by side, side by side, side by side. We're working side by side, side by side. Side by side, side by side, we're healing side by side, side by side, side by side, side by side, we get there side by side. Beautiful as always. Reading today, um, Intentional Adaptation from Emergent Strategy by Adrian uh, Murray Brown. My dream is a movement with such deep trust that we move as a murmuration, the way groups of starlings billow, dive, spin, and dance collectively through the air to avoid predators and, it also seems, to pass the time in the most beautiful way possible. When fish move this way, they are shoaling. When bees and other insects move this way, they are swarming. I love all the words for this activity. Here's how it works in a murmuration, shoal, or swarm. Each creature is tuned in to its neighbors, the creatures right around it in the formation. This might be the birds on either side or the six fish in each direction. There is a right relationship, a right distance between them. Too close and they crash, too far away and they can't feel the micro adaptations of of the other bodies. Each creature is shifting direction, speed and proximity based on the information of the other creature's bodies. There's a deep trust in this to lift because the birds around you are lifting, to live based on your collective real-time adaptations. In this way, thousands of birds or fish or bees can move together, each empowered with basic rules and a vision to live. Imagine our movements cultivating this type of trust and depth with each other, having strategic flocking in our playbooks. Thank you so much, Brian. On my grandparents' farm in Western Maryland, there was a stream that skirted the bottom of a hill. And the stream divided the fields from a patch of maple trees and a disused building that my grandmother called the sugar camp. That's where the family used to process maple syrup in the late winter until that became too much work for not enough return. And my grandparents turned to focus on dairy farming. 
So when I was young, I used to visit the farm for long weekends and holidays, and the stream seemed constant. Yet from one year to the next, the stream made changes. It flowed up against large rocks, which eventually became slightly smaller rocks. It reclaimed a little more of the soil around the sugar camp each year that the building went unused. I remember visiting one spring when it seemed like the entire hillside was attempting to join the stream, rivulets of water bursting out of the grass in places where the cows had worn the topsoil thin, finding the easiest way down to the stream and eventually out to the sea. To the best of my understanding, water is an important metaphor in the Taoist tradition in which today's story is rooted. Water moves with and around and through. And realizing that every translation is an interpretation, Stephen Mitchell's translation of the Tao Te Ching chapter eight goes like this. The supreme good is like water, which nourishes all things without trying to. It is content with the low places that people disdain. Thus, it is like the Tao. In dwelling, live close to the ground. In thinking, keep to the simple. In conflict, be fair and generous. In governing, don't try to control. In work, do what you enjoy. In family life, be completely present. When you are content, to be simply yourself and don't compare or compete, everybody will respect you. So I've been thinking about water and about reframing the way I and we respond to obstacles because there are so very many obstacles in this rocky emergence toward what we hope will be the new normal. Water cycles through the earth, iterations of different environments and states of matter. And even if it doesn't seem to go anywhere directly, it persists in its journey. Water is influential in its environment, part of an interdependent ecosystem. And as the reading said, it doesn't try to control. Water adapts, moving around, slowly changing what it encounters, coexisting fully and responsibly in the spaces where it goes. In Emergent Strategy, Adrienne Marie Brown draws from a variety of sources of inspiration, including the natural world, to expand our imagination for gathering movements and communities for change. Brown is seeking a vision of movement building that is anti-oppressive, inclusive, joyful, and imaginative. For Brown, emergence is the concept of change and creativity arising from the collective, from small systems and large systems being connected and responsive to one another. She writes, emergence emphasizes critical connections over critical mass, building authentic relationships, listening with all of the senses of the body and mind, with our human gift of reasoning, we have tried to control or overcome the emergent processes that are our own nature, the processes of the planet we live on and the universe we call home. The result is a crisis at each scale we are aware of, from our deepest inner moral sensibilities to the collective scale of climate and planetary health and beyond, to our species in relation to space and time. The crisis is everywhere, massive, massive, massive. 
and we are small. But emergence notices the way small actions and connections create complex systems, patterns that become ecosystems and societies. Emergence is our inheritance as part of this universe. It is how we change. Emergent strategy is how we intentionally change in ways that grow our capacity to embody the just and liberated world we long for. End quote. Brown has developed her philosophy of movement building based on a number of sources and experiences, including studying with Grace Lee Boggs in Detroit, becoming a doula, supporting justice campaigns on issues like food justice and climate action, and publishing literary analysis of the speculative fiction of Octavia Butler. Brown's philosophy returns again and again to the way natural systems and patterns repeat themselves. And so she also draws from ancient traditions like Taoism and the teachings of its modern students. In acknowledging the reality of constant change, Brown remembers the phrase, be like water, and the way Bruce Lee reintroduced that phrase to modern audiences. So old wisdom is new again. We are remembering how to engage with large systems in sustainable interconnected ways. For us to emerge in strength and health, to embrace the times in which we are living and in which we will live, rather than trying to recreate the past, we as movements and communities can be more like water. We can move with intention and purpose, yet move with and around and through our circumstances as interconnected communities. Three of the ways we might think about being like water are in our intentionality, in our adaptability, and in our interdependence. In our opening words this morning, Teresa Soto talked about the certainty beneath, which is different from control or expertise or paternalism. We can per be persistent in our mission, values, and intentions without being attached to a way of doing things or bound to a predetermined set of steps. The destination is more important than the micro turn in each bend. Water takes many forms on its journey. Let's focus on who we are and where we are going, not methods, not control, and not a sense of urgency. That's the first way of being like water. Water goes where it needs to go. It is content with the low places that people disdain. I remember that spring on the farm when water paid no mind to the places where people thought it should be, but made its way by the easiest route to join other water, to continue flowing on its journey. Going around boulders is fine, filtering through soil is fine, flowing over the places that were embankments yesterday is fine. So contrast this feeling of flow with the feeling of needing to control or direct needing to be the expert, needing to go everywhere in a straight line. Some of us have been raised to believe that we should be in control of what's around us all the time. We have been told that we are responsible for making things happen. And we may not have a context or a set of skills for finding our way when circumstances are beyond our control. Maybe that's how the neighbors felt in the story. They wanted to direct the narrative. They wanted to give advice. 
And when those of us who have been raised with an expectation of control find ourselves in unpredictable situations, it can be tempting to lash out with criticism, imperious commands, demands to restore order and predictability, or perhaps paternalistic offers to guide, advise, and mentor the people we see as deviating from the world of orderliness and straight lines. My friends, this is white supremacy culture at work in our subconscious. This is the mindset of domination and control, and it is the philosophy underpinning colonization, which is why it's so widespread and insidious. I too have found myself getting impatient and inflexible when I can't do things the way I'm accustomed to doing them. I too have made mistakes in trying to wrest control of something that wasn't mine alone to direct. It is especially tempting to act out like this when the world feels egregiously out of control, such as in a world pandemic, or when we're concerned for new neighbors arriving from places of war and trauma, or when we have loved ones in the path of climate disaster. It is harder to be flexible when we most need to be flexible. The programming runs deep in our culture, and yet I believe we are capable of letting it go. If we are to be like water, more aligned with our purpose and values and journey than with a a single right way of getting there, it is our inner work to flush out that inflexibility out of our minds and hearts. Our mission and values can be the channel where we flow rather than trying to force ourselves and the people we are alongside us serving our mission through a certain set of rusty pipes. This means, however, that we are called to stay mindful of our shared intentions. Water doesn't need help remembering that it is water, but people are more easily confused. For us as humanists, having let go of creed, sometimes we latch on to the next most visible thing as a way of defining ourselves or guiding our collective actions. We can get overly attached to the way things get done or to particular lingo or labels or to other external markers of identity because it's easier to get a handle on those things than to stay in conversation about purpose and values. We need heart-centered conversations, action and reflection together on the basis of real experience and vulnerable sharing so that our deepest selves are part of the process of change and growth. And rational people though we are, sometimes ritual, is how we learn by doing. Embodiment helps us remember who we are. And this is why we persist in lighting a candle each week. This is why we persist in ringing a chime even though Zoom keeps trying to mute it. This is why we will again name our beloved dead around the time of Remembrance Day at the end of October. Because we are remembering how to be humans who affirm and encourage each other in our humanity in our journey of worth and dignity, in our living system that intends to foment change in the larger society so that human worth and dignity can flourish. The certainty beneath that Teresa Soto mentioned in the opening words is the intentionality we hold closer than we hold the need to control or the need to stick to a particular plan or an old way of doing things. We are greater together than alone. 
We are headed to a world of beloved community, a world where love and justice cross all borders. So let's flow in that direction. Another way of being like water is adaptability. We try things, see how it goes, make iterative changes in each attempt. It's okay if we try something and we have to tinker with it and try again. It's okay if something that was working needs to be updated. It's even okay to be wrong because mistakes are part of learning. All of that experimenting, iteration and learning means we may not move directly and quickly, but we're more likely to be headed toward beloved community. Rushing the process, pushing for a false sense of urgency will not help our adaptability. Well, this also means we stay in touch and are sensitive to the changes we need to make as a community. Sometimes we might plan something and then we might need to change the plan. Adrian Marie Brown's emergent strategy is helpful again. We need both the mindful purpose of our larger community and the practiced relationships of those nearest us. We need larger systems and smaller systems that are connected in values and intentions. When we stay mindful of who we are and the beloved community to which we are headed, Adaptation is natural. It is part of being a living, growing community. Brown evokes living beings traveling together, such as murmurations of starlings and shoaling fish, by way of imagining communities of people who can move quickly in response to opportunities and threats, moving together in pursuit of abundant life for all. She says that this is achieved in part by the right amount of distance between immediate neighbors. Too little distance leads to crashing. We need boundaries. We each need some personal space. Too much distance leads to disconnection. Each being checks in with the beings immediately around them. Yet all of the beings are connected to the whole. There aren't cliques or pockets that disconnect themselves from the larger group. There aren't starlings or anchovies or bees who try to get ahead and finish the job alone by themselves. Each being moving in relationship with immediate neighbors while maintaining awareness of being part of the whole is how they survive. So picking up on the bee metaphor, I would invite us to keep our antenna out for changes and to keep our dancing shoes on all six feet. The world of unpredictable emergence is one of rain dates and updates and not waiting for someone else to check in on the people you miss. It is a world in which great opportunities may not arrive with calendar invitations six weeks in advance. I have some grief about that. I do love a good spreadsheet with predictable dates, yet the world we are living into is exciting and dynamic. We can have plans and we might find some peace in holding those plans lightly. At the same time, rushing a process because we feel anxious about something being unresolved doesn't give us a chance to engage in that journey together as a community. Sometimes things move fast, sometimes things move slowly. So we try to maintain the right distance, finding the sweet spot between crashing and disconnection. To adapt as a whole community also means keeping up the current information, not relying on rumors. It's a lot easier to update the website than it is to correct an outdated rumor that's circulating through the community. Stay ready for being part of a community that responds to a changing world. 
Stick around in platform all the way through the announcements. Read news and notes every Thursday. RSVP for events so that you can receive any last minute updates. If your family includes children and youth, please fill out a registration form. If we wanna be a community that changes the world, we need to be ready when an opportunity for change presents itself. Brown writes, here's how it works in a murmuration shoal swarm. Each creature is tuned into its neighbors, the creatures right around it in the formation. If the West community is our murmuration, it helps for everyone to have their more immediate relationships, as well as an identification with the community as a whole. So if you're ready to develop some new neighborly relationships and to have some of those experiences of meaning and purpose I spoke of earlier, talk to membership coordinator Maceo Thomas about joining one of the Together in Exploration groups, TIE, TI groups, that will begin meeting next month. You can join a TIE group and or keep in touch with the West neighbors you already have, such as on a team where you do deep check-in before turning to business, or you can buddy up with someone you talk to at coffee hour, or you can join an affinity group where people can be vulnerable with each other. We are more adaptable as a community when we are connected and when a shared understanding of our purpose is infused in those connections. Murmurations of starlings, swarms of bees and shoals of fish are able to be like water, swirling and turning in concert with their environment because they stay in relationship. So let's be adaptable. Let's be an adaptable community in the same way, open to change, giving life to our connections and flowing toward beloved community. A third way of being like water is to recognize our interdependence. Water is within and among and around all kinds of different features in the places on earth where it is found. It flows or freezes or evaporates or falls differently depending on the animals, vegetables, minerals, and atmospheric forces around it. Drops of water in a body affect one another. And a body of water affects and is affected by and embraces and becomes part of other forces in the environment. This community is not a monolithic institution. It is a collective of humans who need one another within larger communities of geographic areas and school systems and activist groups and other overlapping bodies. We are who we are because of our contexts. Being mindful of our interdependence is something we can practice. We can stop to wonder about what the impact might be of our choices on others. We can observe that small actions toward love and justice flow towards larger impact. But being interdependent is not something we practice. It simply is. Brown writes, do you already know that your existence, who you are and how you are, is in and of itself a contribution to the people and place around you? Not after or because you do some particular thing, but simply the miracle of your life. Brown invites us to act in response to that knowledge. Yet we can also rest in the inheritance of our place in the interdependent web. Two of the values Brown lifts up for responding to interdependence are generosity and vulnerability. Generosity here means giving of what you have without strings or expectations attached. Vulnerability means showing your needs. It is okay to be someone who needs things. 
it is okay to ask for help. That's part of being human. If we are going to be like water, we can allow ourselves to ripple when there's an impact. If we're going to be like water, we can flow into a space where there's room for compassion. We are each part of larger circles and overlapping circles larger than that. Each person matters, even as each person's place in the interdependent ebb and flow of community is unique. You matter. Let's give and receive like water, remembering our interdependence. In these times, we might be feeling a lot of pressure to make decisions the first, make perfect decisions the first time, to push hard for maximum individual impact, to put aside the squishy experience of being vulnerable and human so that we can rush in a straight line to a concrete goal. And we could try that. Another option is to be like water, together, a collective body flowing toward beloved community. Let us be intentional in remembering our values and purpose on our journey to beloved community. Let us be adaptable, connected with our immediate neighbors and our sense of being part of the whole, ready to flow with the changes as they happen. Let us remember our interdependence, creating space where appreciation and compassion can flow among us. Let us become like water, my friends. May it be so. After some music, we'll have community sharing time when you can write into the chat about what resonated with you today. A framing question might help spark a memory of a personal experience or your direct observation. If you like, you can focus your sharing on this question. When have you experienced community building that was adaptive, interdependent, non-linear or resilient or iterative? Those are the, some of the key words in Adrienne Marie Brown's book, interdependent, nonlinear, iterative, resilient. So when have you experienced community building like that? As we, as we contemplate rest and reflect, let us experience the beauty of the musical response.
Well, thank you, Wynn, and thank you, Leah. This is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections to the platform or what resonates in our own lives. You may consider the framing question, when have you experienced community building that was adaptive, interdependent, nonlinear, iterative, or resilient? I invite you to share in the Zoom chat or um, in the comments uh, if you're watching the recording later. And um, again, just keep, make sure you select everyone so that we can all see the comments and I'll try to share what I can. I see Judy uh, sharing already that uh, she's planning to listen to the platform again, <laughs> be able to enjoy that again. It's very, uh, and saying thank you to Lynn, absolutely. It is nice to be able to go back uh, and listen um, when you can, especially if there's a part that resonates or like to kind of reflect on again, I, I really appreciate the one of the benefits to our current setup is having that ability. We'll give a few moments if anyone wants to share any thoughts, any reactions, and um, I'll try to make sure I give a few minutes for folks to, to share that before we move on. All right, and Ed, uh, Ed agrees with uh, Judy, taking a listen again when able. Um, Perry shares, uh, Lynn, thanks for a platform that offered so much food for thought. Two questions come to mind. Is, um, is there a metaphor for collective action that makes more room for individual insight and creativity than water, starlings, or bees? And how does one know whether a ritual is a rigidity? Adam sharing, I have such a hard time being like water and want to keep doing better at this. Absolutely. Um, ACO sharing, um, I'm uh, just in the first chapter of Shannon Lee's book, Be Like Water. I picked it up to learn her impressions of her philosopher dad. Many know I was a Peace Corps uh, volunteer and there was very little in my life experience that trained me um, as being a um, Peace Corps volunteer did. To be flexible, recognize that I have learned certain ways that I don't always work in all settings and especially not in multicultural settings. Be like water, my friends. Um, and Sarah sharing, I love Adrian's, uh, Adrian, I think I'm saying her name wrong, Marie Brown's uh, An Emergent Strategy. What I, uh, what a great book. It really helped me let go of control issues at work a few years ago. I think that's, um, oh, and Jenna sharing, I thought the same thing, Judy, it was loaded with gems. I particularly appreciated the explicit connection to white supremacy culture. I know I don't always think of the ways that I 
simply try to control the people and events in my everyday life as connected to the perpetuation of dominant culture. That was just one powerful statement that resonated with me. Thanks for the choice of readings and for the platform reflections. A lot of great comments this morning. Um, and I appreciate folks taking their time to, to share uh, what resonates. And, and I know the conversation continues. Arthur um, sharing, singing in a choir is meaningful uh, largely because of the interdependence. You can't sing more than one part. That's a, there's a, that's a great metaphor. Um, and maybe that leaves, uh, there's the metaphor, Perry, that uh, I know you are very musically inclined and part of that uh, process, maybe <laughs> space to do some individual parts and uh, then be part of the collective. Ah, and Judy says, unless you're Leah. Yeah. <laughs> With a little help from technology, right? <laughs> I did like that part. I was thinking, I wonder, you know, be fun for a costume change. And um, Loretta sharing, being in control, however, is not always bad, while being out of control usually is. You know, and I think that that's an interesting part with um, a lot of metaphors, obviously, the context of the situation, right? Certainly, uh, you know, when it's related to different things, it can, can have, take on different meanings. Well, um, we have time for another comment or two. If they, if they come in, I'll just give a moment and then we'll get ready to um, move forward and look forward to keeping the conversation going um, during co coffee hour, virtual coffee hour. Um, I know that's a, a great time to kind of keep that conversation going. And I know lots of thoughts are shared. All right, Peter um, sharing. It is very appropriate to criticize the practices behind slavery, but we need to also acknowledge the strengths that have allowed us to understand the laws of nature. To me, slavery was more intent on disrespecting the desires and conclusions of other people. Our religious humanism emphasizes respect for each other's conclusions. Eugene um, Gendling uh, brought this understanding of interdependence to a scientific understanding. Unfortunately, few people listened to his insights. His thoughts show the link between what Lynn was talking about today and our sciences. Uh, thanks, Perry, uh, Peter, excuse me, for sharing some of those thoughts. Um, and another, another name to look at or another uh, area to read. All right, well, if that is, um, there's a lot of great thoughts shared. And like I said, we can continue that conversation and look forward to that um, in our virtual coffee hour after platform. Thank you to all who are here with us this morning and, and uh, sharing thoughts um, either now or later. And um, I wanna now um, move to just as we share our perspectives in this community, as we have together this morning, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at West, we split the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. We appreciate each person's generous giving as they are able. This month on half, uh, half of the offering is dedicated to the Congregation Action Network of which West is a member. The Congregation Network, um, Action Network, CAN or CAN, is a network of faith communities in Washington, D.C and the Maryland and Virginia suburbs acting in solidarity to end detention, 
deportation profiling and criminalization of immigrants and demanding and upholding justice, dignity, safety, and family unity. On the slide, you'll see the number to give by text for today's collection. That's 202-335-1885. And you can also make a gift online through the donate button on our website at ethicalsociety.org. We'll now receive your gifts and the gift of music. Thank you so much to the many people who helped create this morning's time together. Interim music coordinator, Leah Morris and guest musicians, Brian Sims, Rachel Taylor and Squada B, as well as our own West Chorus. Thank you to membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, slide artist, John and Abby Dakin and tech host, John Rafer. And thank you to Robin Kravitz for communications support and hosting virtual coffee hour at the conclusion of this platform. Um, thank you uh, to those who are leading and supporting our work in the weeks to come. As always this week, we have a variety of opportunities uh, for West members and friends to connect virtually around shared interests and support meetings and discussion groups. And we hope you'll join us again next Sunday, September 26th, where Interim leader Lynn Cox will continue this series on embracing new possibilities in community building. And a few things to look forward to in the days ahead. All right, a few things here. Let's see, we've got the deadline for completing the senior leader search committee survey is tomorrow. Um, it's gonna, it takes a few minutes, but it is super important and, and worth it for us um, all as a community to really weigh in here. Spending 30 to 45 minutes to complete the survey now represents our personal opportunity to invest time in a future leader who may be with us, we hope, for years to come. As um, a member of the search committee, we'll put a link in the survey, excuse me, to the survey in the chat, or you can find it in your email. 
Um, look forward to seeing that there. And um, we really encourage everyone to take the time. And um, today is the day. Um, members who are looking for a way to connect with social justice issues on a large scale with achievable scale uh, actions might be interested in an online event today at 4 p.m. with Unitarian Universalist Association's Side, excuse me, Side with Love campaign. National teams are working on climate justice, democracy and voting rights and resisting criminalization, deportation and detention. Check out um, the online action center, then sign up for the volunteer squad huddle today at 4 p.m. The link will be in the chat. Very cool opportunity. And I know folks, this common conversation, right? on ways to get involved um, and ways that can, we can connect to big issues um, individually, uh, working together. Widening the anti-racism lenses uh, at West meeting by Zoom tomorrow night, Monday, September 20th at 7 p.m. This session is about accountability and resources. These sessions are not anti-racism training, but opportunities for those familiar with work on anti-racism, anti-oppression, and multiculturalism to go deeper and apply those practices to help West dismantle white supremacy culture within our own community. Please register for tomorrow's session on Sign of Genius. One of the WARL team members will put that link in the chat. I see a lot of links going in there. Thank you very much. Look, the list continues of really impactful ways to um, get involved and work on some of those big issues and values we have as a, as a community. The Community Relations Committee or CRC invites you to a Zoom workshop about dealing with conflict on Saturday, September 25th from 2.30 to 5.30 p.m. The session will be led by West members, Joe London and Mary Smith, and will be based on the work of the National Coalition Building Institute. If you have questions, email crc at ethicalsociety.org. Or if you want to go directly to the sign-up sheet, check the latest edition of News and Notes for the link. And I think we're going to throw uh, that link up there as well. <laughs> Thanks for the support, everybody, getting those links up there. As we heard earlier, there's a middle school meetup after platform on October 3rd, and outdoor seat classes begin on October 17th. Families should register if they think they might participate this year, right? Even if you think you might come to any, go ahead, register. We helps with planning, helps the team. Contact seat coordinator, Andara Miles um, at andaram uh, at ethicalsociety.org um, with any questions or to sign up. You can find, listen, I know I just spit out a lot there, a lot of important and great opportunities to connect. Um, you can find the details for these and all other events at our website calendar at ethicalsociety.org. Before we leave the community building updates section of our platform, we're, we're, excuse me, we'll hear from John Fiefer, who is not only today's tech host, he is also on the board of trustees, many important hats. Take it away, John. Hi, this is John Pfeiffer with some updates from the West Board of Trustees. While the board has limited direct involvement with the leader search committee, it is our responsibility to see if the committee has the resources and support that it requires to successfully complete its mission. To that end, I strongly encourage you to complete the survey sent out by the search committee. This survey represents the first opportunity for West members to contribute to the leader search by sharing our West experience. The information gathered through this survey will form a crucial part of the story of West shared with senior leader candidates. Look for the email notice sent on September 9th 
by the Leader Search Committee to find the link. September 20th is the last day for submission. The West Building Mortgage needs to be refinanced this fall. This is an essential activity for West's financial health and the process is moving along smoothly. This effort is being led by Tom Hutton with Board Treasurer Mirka Willis and other West members on the Finance Committee. At the Board's September 16th meeting, we received updates on the work of the Governance Committee, finalizing the suite of conflict-related policies and procedures, as well as the Task Force for developing a policy on whether to record member meetings. The Task Force plans to host a Town Hall type of meeting for members to discuss their concerns and questions about recording virtual membership meetings. We are working now on dates and will send out an invitation later this month. Minutes can be found on the West member website. Finally, a couple of calendar reminders. The next Board of Trustees monthly meeting will be Thursday, October 21st. All are welcome to join. Please see the West calendar for details. The agenda will be available by October 18th on the Board section of the West member area. The full membership meeting will be Sunday, October 17th after platform. Watch your email for details. Agenda items can be sent to moderator at ethicalsociety.org until September 26th. Thank you, John Pfeiffer, and thank you to all the uh, members of the Board of Trustees. Um, a lot of important stuff going on, and um, what better time to kind of dive back into a lot of the community connections that we have going on. Uh, for those joining us live on Zoom, our or later on the recording, thank you for being here with us. Either way, or, or both, right? We've got some folks who might be re-listening. Um, and I um, just want to say, it looks like we had a lot of great links put up in the chat, also a little bit of discussion on some of the comments that were shared. And I think it's important to recognize when we want to clarify comments that are um, challenging or difficult to understand over, over text and look forward to having those conversations as we continue um, together and in coffee hour. Um, now let's enjoy together our closing song for the month, uh, Everything Possible, performed by the West Course. We cleared off the table, the doors to say, wash the dishes and put them away. I told you story tucked you in tight at the end of your knockabout day as the moon sets its sails to carry you to sleep over the night sea I will sing you a song no one sang to me may it keep you good company Measure of your word. 
you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, embracing possibility in our quest for a better world. Please join us for a virtual coffee hour by pointing your browser to tiny.cc slash westcoffeehour. You can also find the link on the slide or in the chat. Um, and thank you again for putting that link in the chat. Once we're in the Zoom coffee hour space, we'll divide into breakout groups, which you are welcome to drift in and out of as you choose to greet different people. Um, it's really a wonderful opportunity for us to kind of keep spending some time together and um, keeping the conversation going. And uh, if you're new to our community, please send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, and introduce yourself. Um, as uh, check the chat there for Maceo's email address, but just in case, um, uh, M-A-C-E-O-T at ethicalsociety.org. And um, tiny.cc slash westconnects is another great um, place to, uh, to look for that if you're, if you're new to our community. Have a great week to everyone. Um, just remember this, this will be closing and we'll be moving over to a new Zoom for the virtual coffee hour time. It's been a wonderful morning. The debate will rage on about if it's uh, uh, too early for Halloween decorations to start. I am firmly on one side if you were at the start of the meeting today, um, but I hope, uh, hope we can uh, enjoy this next season together and look forward to continuing the conversation. 
All right, take care, everybody. We're going to be moving on over to virtual coffee hour. Take care.